Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal, discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Ayomi Day. <laughs> There's always that lag that I wait for. Uh, and really, this is going to be our opening forever, guys. So get used to that lag. Um, but today on the show, we have a returning guest. And it's actually Ayomi Day's first time of meeting this person. So I cannot wait to for both of us to explore her story together. Um, her name is Essence Hayes. I met her through a community of podcasters um, on Facebook. And I had posted a, posted a question about needing some help with, you know, live streaming on different platforms and she was like oh i can help you she not only um emailed me some things to you know look through she actually jumped on a zoom call during the pandemic guys when everybody was like zoomed out and she was you know very helpful with you know feedback and i'm like i like you like mm-hmm. hey you want to come on the show and she did two years ago we talked about motherhood because she was yeah uh, she just recently had a baby not so long ago then mm-hmm. and now her baby's like three and you know anyways um without further ado you're gonna learn to you're gonna hear so much about her by the time you're done you probably be smiling the way i'm smiling like right now just thinking about how great of a person she is so everyone please join us in welcoming essence hayes back to the podcast hi essence hi thank you must, must welcome me. to your essence yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah. thank you i'm happy to be back and share more um I'm just, I'm happy to, to share my story and talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I know when I asked you recently, hey, you want to come back? Because you, you posted some pictures on Facebook recently mm-hmm. about your daughter's um birthday. I think what oh, blew yeah. my mind was just the amount of gift packs. I'm like, I know this girl just moved. <laughs> how come? No, it's not even for her birthday. It's her daughter's birthdays. And how come her daughter has this many guests at a party? I need to bring her on the show. How is she doing it? You know, so we're going to just let the cat out of the bag. Essence moved to South Africa. No, she's a New Yorker, guys. You know, born and bred. You know, New Yorkers are a different breed of people. I live in the Boondocks. I live in Boondocks. I live, you know, in Oklahoma. And and I know Emily can relate because he lives in Ipswich. That, you know, which, you know, we can make a lot of jokes about that. But um, New Yorker moving to Oregon. Wow. Johannesburg wow. in South Africa. <laughs> Every day with your sporty internet, you had it coming, okay? I mean, you're sure even... You should, you should, like, you know, the sub- that is I don't cold. Know. It's, it's, it's like a sub-city. I think that's where you live. I don't think you deserve a zip code or even, like, a municipality. But anyways, um, moving from New York to South Africa, we have a lot of questions to ask. Mm. Just, you know, maybe start getting started with what precipitated the move, like, and then also why South Africa? Mm. 
Yeah, so um, my I had recently went on a trip in 20, uh, 2021 in the summertime. And my friends and I were there. And, um, you know, we were there for like two weeks. Or, uh, we went to, where did we, we went to Aruba. So we went to Aruba and we had fun and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, everyone had decided, and we usually go every year. We take this trip yearly. Um, and I went that year, the previous year, and I think the, the year before that. And um, this trip, they particularly was like, okay, let's let's go to South Africa next. Like, let's go there. And I was like, mm, maybe I'll go, you know, I don't know. I had just moved into my own, like my first apartment. Uh, not apartment, but my first home in New York. So I was very proud. I was happy. I was excited. Um, and I'm like, this this is what I wanted for so long. I'm not going to leave right now, you know. But uh, when we got back home and I started speaking to my friend a little bit more, uh, she was a little convincing this time. She was like, okay, Evans, like, I understand, you know, it's, life would be different there. You can have a different experience for your daughter, for yourself. And um, so um, my friend was very convincing. She's like, you know, you can you can have a different life. You can have a, you can give a better life to your daughter. Um, and it could just be a change of environment. And so I was like, okay, you know, one of the most important things was uh, like group activities for her, opportunities for her to learn and things like this. This was the most important thing because I knew she was coming to the age where this is, you know, she needs to start learning these things so that she can, I mean, I know she's, she was two at the time, but that's, I just believe that education is really important. And I'm like, if she can start young, like I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. So that was the biggest thing. And we had to do, a, you know, some handlings for that. Like, okay, how do we find this place? Do we create something? Do, like, what does that look like? So it was like, okay, it'll be handled. Just come. So it was like, okay. <laughs> Sure, I'll come, you know, I'll do it. And part of what was in me already before I had my daughter was this, like, sort of risky, like, not risky and, like, irresponsible, but, like, risky, like, open to adventure. That was there already before I had my daughter. And, you know, sometimes when you have kids, some people, they kind of equate that to, like, your life is over. And granted, the life maybe that you thought you were going to live, maybe that version is over, but you get to create something else that's even bigger and better. And, you know, it contributes not only to yourself, but to your children. So it, it's, you know, it's it's just good to be able to create that and have her be part of it, have her benefit from it, have her contribute to it, because she definitely contributes to me being here and like adds a lot of value and happiness to you know my success and the relationships that I build like she's 100% like I'm thankful for her so yeah that's that that's what prompted the move um I almost <laughs> had tears in my eyes <laughs> actually I just I cried earlier this morning because we had a daughter and a dad on the podcast and I'm almost crying today again okay so but it was very beautiful mm. in a sense and I picked some 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 gems from your story first Having friends where you traveled every year consistently to Aruba, 
please um i need friends like yours because my friends it's so hard to like get them to go places somebody always cancels out <sighs> but anyways um, i'm glad you have that community I am. And I remember the like. If, if yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, because I know when you were was in college, you went to Guatemala or uh, like uh, South America. Yes. yes. I, Guatemala, okay, so yes. I remember that about you, and it's it's very inspirational to see that. Despite being a mom, and I, I got to experience that recently. There's a way your life, like you said, a part of your life ends, but it's not like a dead mm-hmm. thing. It's almost like. You've honored that past, mm-hmm. but you can't combine that with the present, but you can make it a new life. And I think you explain it that way, like, let me give my daughter a chance to explore the world. And even just, you know, going out there and, you know, plucking yourself from New York to South Africa. And I mean, I think that's really, really brave. And um, yeah, so kudos to you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's definitely um, a lot of <laughs> guts it takes for me to do some of these things because sometimes the people around you may not understand like like my family was like what like what's going on <laughs> what's going on like why <laughs> especially since it's from i mean this is the way people think about it from a developed country to a developing country in some you know <laughs> it's almost like you're going back but it's, it's for you it was not even yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. yeah, so I get it. It's, but you know, when you kind of know what what life you want to create, you gotta you have to like push through a lot of the things. Like, and it's this is a thing for me all the time because it's like what I would like for my daughter to experience, what I would like to experience. It's it's not normal for my. It's not something that is normal in from the way that I was raised. So it's this constant, like, okay, I got to push through that. Like, I got to really push through that and, like, just go because it's not going to make sense to my current scene or my previous scene. It's just not going to make sense. So I have to, like, okay, <laughs> all right, you know? So that's what I would say. So I, you kind of started speaking to this already, um, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering what what, um, mm-hmm. what has most surprised you about the move? And I'm asking because usually if something surprises you, um, what surprises any of us, you know, not, not just mm-hmm. you specifically, when something mm-hmm. surprises us, it's an indication of an expectation that has, you know, been violated or, you know, you're expecting <laughs> something and then you see something else. So, what kind of things were you expecting and in what ways has South Africa surprised you? And and maybe as you speak to that, you can tell us a little bit about some of the things you hoped for um, mm. to achieve in your move. Although, like I said, you started speaking to that already. Yeah. So, um, one, you know, I, I, as like you said, living in a developed country and then going to a developing country, that probably was the most surprising thing with some of the little things that's different um like that you just don't think about like you don't it's just like oh, okay like it should just be like this everywhere you know um one of the things and it's it's little it's really not a big deal but it was like oh oh wow you know like one of the things here in South Africa um 
and I think it's in other parts of Africa too, uh, or on other countries. Uh, it's something called load shedding. Do you guys know what this is? I don't. Yes, electricity, right? Electricity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, we call it NEPA. Uh, sharing power, like... Uh, oh, wait, oh, do you say load sharing? Load, load, load shedding. Load oh, sharing. load sharing, right. You're not going to believe what I heard. What did you hear? <laughs> I heard... I heard <laughs> something like mo cherry. <laughs> like, what? I thought I was kind of... Somebody wants cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was new. Like, I'm like... Why are they turning the electricity off? Like, why? Like, I need the electricity. Like, what is happening here? You know? And it's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's fine. People have generators. So, <clears throat> or at least some of the places that I've lived, they have generators. Some people don't. Um, but I need the electricity because I need to work. That was one thing that was uh, new to me is uh, this electricity thing. Um, some of the things were not so like a lot of it is like okay you're gonna have a cultural difference. I've traveled yeah. before, so adapting to different uh like things is like oh, okay fine I'm not in New York <laughs> so I get it um yeah so it wasn't a, it wasn't too much that was surprising or or shocking. Because when you know that uh, you're traveling somewhere, you kind of expect things to be different, and you you adapt, you know, you adopt to that. And uh, yeah, just to be yeah, clear, yeah, I mean both cool. ways, like good or bad surprises, not just bad ones. Okay, okay, good surprises. Hmm. Good surprises. That's a good one. Um. <laughs> a good I mean when you come to Africa you know it's gonna be people that like are your complexion that that was like that felt good to me Amen. you know it, it's not a surprise because it's like okay like I know I'm gonna see a lot of people that like and they're gonna you know one thing that I that is very interesting to me is a lot of the times when the South Africans see me and I don't say anything they'll say things to me in their language or like uh, in Afrikaans. Is it Afrikaans? I don't know which one. It's a language that's spoken here. They'll say a greeting to me and it's like I wish I could say something back, you know? <laughs> but And then I'm like, Are you, are you planning to learn Afrikaans? Oh, maybe so. Um, I would learn the, you know which one I would learn? I would learn uh I don't know what I would learn Osa. that one. Okay. Sosa. Yeah. Osa. Okay. I think it's Kosa, right? It's, it's Osa. Oh, okay. I think as I as I understand it. Okay. So not I a case like a it's a click osa so like osa I, I i think i know the click sound a little bit because we used to do it as kids oh yeah not i remember why we used to do it as kids not as part of the language just like it was a thing you did yeah well Asia is not kosa oh no it's osa 
the XH is the click. Because I check, I just check Google and it's telling me Kosa. Kosa. Like I listen to it. But I know well, it's, of course, it's, it's giving you the undersized. It's giving the undersized. No, no, telling. but this is this is Google. This is Google Translate, and it's verified by that. That okay, I use Google Translate for Korean, right? It tells you when a native has approved a particular translation, versus when it's just telling you the English, like the right. Yeah, so obviously, they probably it's like the same way we've you know, like in Yoruba, the P sound. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects a non-Yoruba person to say the P sound. Mm-hmm. So of course, if they say the mm. P sound, you you know it's like what are you gonna do? You let it go, or yeah. the B sound, because okay. those sounds aren't in English. Okay. So essentially, you want to learn, you want to learn yeah. that. Now. I would one hundred percent want to learn this language. It's very intriguing and interesting. Um, like even if it's just a few words, I would love to know how to do this because like. The American tongue is very uh, not, it's not used the same as a lot of other, you know, like even this woman I met here, like in, she's Italian. The way she pronounces her R is very different from how an, how an American would pronounce the same word, yeah. but it's just different, you know? So yeah. I would, I would want to learn this. Um, yeah, that's, I think they- yeah, yeah. And as you were talking about how some of the things that surprised you was just being in a space where you really don't have to explain yourself. Like, And I feel mm-hmm. that way when I go back to Nigeria. Like, I always say, I don't feel like mm. I'm a black person. Um, yep. I don't have to overperform or underperform. People just get you. Like, you get, you feel so, there's yeah. a ease that comes with that. And I'm glad you're experiencing that despite, you know, you being there for just a short period of time. But I'm curious to mm-hmm. know this. Um, how, how do you define yourself in the context of South Africa's race and identity po- politics? Like, for example, Black, African, or colored. Do you think these distinctions matter to you? I mean, I, I would say I'm black you know I I think it's going kind of going back to the other question I am sometimes shocked when I hear South Africans or Africans in general say that they're black like I would I if I was born in like I would claim African or whatever the particular culture is like I think black is an American term um to distinguish black and white and stuff like this. So I would say, I mean, for me, I'm an American, so I would say I'm black, but it's nice to see like, it's, we're just, they're just African. Like you just African, you know, it's like, it's not a, it's not a taboo. It's not like something that's like a mystery. It's like, this is, this is what it is. You know, does that answer your question? Cause I don't, I want to make sure I answer this properly. I mean, the answers to that question is really determined by the way you answer it. You know, I wasn't looking for one thing or the other. I just wanted to hear from you, like, what your experience has been like. Because, you know, as you know, and I, and I think that's one question maybe mm-hmm. I should have started with, was if you even know how politically charged, as far as, like, identity politics is in um, South Africa, where there's a lot of, you know, um, segregation, mm-hmm. even though it's post appetite but then you're still seeing 
a lot of you know black versus you know others there's the africans and there's the local you know local groups as well and so i just wanted to find out you mm-hmm. being um an outsider in right now has that you know mm-hmm. come up with you and how do you respond to that yeah i haven't really experienced so much of this because the sub community that i'm in it's like Africans that are like white Africans there's black like you know people who look like me um there's people from other countries you know so it's it's a it's very diverse like sort of like what New York would be like or what New York is like so I don't I haven't really experienced a lot of like what is this separation like honestly when I got to the airport I asked <laughs> I asked the um the person at the airport, like, is it segregated? Like, how is it? And, you know, he said it's normal. Like, it's that's how it is. But I feel like it would be like that even in New York. Like, there's just going to be some people who live here, whether it's by race or it's by class. Um, I think it's going to be this separation that's just going to be there because people connect based on similarities and culture mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but me personally, I like, I've not witnessed this racial bias separation, you know, like, like this. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I, you know, I'm still exploring, you know, for the, for these first couple of months say, that um, I've been here. Cause you said something about, um, black being, being, um, American, um, but like here in the UK, um, black British refer to themselves as black as well, um, and I think I think it it, it I, I you know I think it's just sort of come and I know even in Nigeria, um, which is where I was until a few years ago. Um, I think the more globalized the world is becoming, and the more even for people in Nigeria um, who are still in Nigeria um, on the internet, they're interfacing with white people uh, and people from all sorts of races. It's sort of becoming. The, the, you know, there's there was a sense in which you know people often say, "I didn't realize I was black until I traveled," um, and and realized like, "Oh, actually, this is how I'm seen." But I think you know people are starting to see that more with the internet because even if you stay where you are, <laughs> you still find out that you're black uh, because of how you get to be engaged, um, you know, um, on on Jack Dorsey's internet. <laughs> You know, so but yeah, but I mean that that that's that's that that's it. I I absolutely relate to what you were saying about you know feeling at home and and yeah, like I was in Nigeria just earlier this year and I remember feeling free and and realizing oh it's because I'm not thinking about it. So for me, it was even as little as the fact that when I speak, I realize that when I speak here, I speak slightly slower. You know. So, so just 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 because I mean, and to be fair it's it's both ways right because the truth is that when when i hear people with sort of more sort of local accents speak fast when, when i hear them speak i don't so like i live in Ipswich, which is in suffolk and if you hear the suffolk accents it's you know at its strongest it's it's it can be quite confusing um or when i was before this i was in scotland and 
Scots, this, you know, Scots is completely, it's a complete, like, I honestly, I never heard Scots in my life before I moved here, except Braveheart. And Braveheart is even Scottish. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it, it's also sort of little things, isn't it? That you sort of realize, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not long, I'm not longer engaging in this cognitive efforts. Um, I wanted to ask though, um, you, you, it, now that you've been here for a while, um, would you say you've experienced any xenophobia? And I'm asking this for two reasons. Um, so there's a, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a whole thing about Nigeria versus South Africa that goes way back, right? There's a, there's a rivalry. Sometimes it's been friendly and other times it's unfortunately not been. Um, and there's been a bit of history um, where a lot of Nigerians have felt um, some xenophobia directed at them um, by, by people in South Africa. And the same has been done, you know, to South Africans in Nigeria um, because of all sorts of perceived um, historical issues between the countries. Um, and I'm wondering if you've personally... And of course, there's the racial aspect, isn't there, where, you know, black and white people in, in South Africa, um, there's these tensions as well. Um, so as a black American in South Africa, um, which means you're put, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced the, any of these sort of tensions, either from blacks in South Africa or from, you know, South African, white South Africans. Does that make sense? Um, um, like... So, okay, so here's, here's what I can say. Because some of these things, like, I would, I have not really particularly experienced. Um, and I'm not, like, it's not a, it's not an answer that's like, I'm oblivious to what's happening. Like, it's not that. Because you don't have somebody like, oh, I don't see race. Oh, I don't see that. Like, it's, that's not even the case. Like, that's, that's. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying literally like the area that I'm, the way I am and who I'm with, like some of these people, we're connected already, you know? So it's not like I'm in a total, like, um, you know, I came here and I just found some place and I'm just like building totally, totally new relationships. A lot of people of where I am, I've like, it's, I'm connected to them through other ways. So it's kind of like we have some sort of like reality, shared reality, even though I'm not um, South African. So some of the things that, uh, you know, like this um, cultural things or xenophobia, I don't particularly, because there's so many people that come from all over the world in this group. It's like, like in these, it's just not something that we that I would experience because everyone's coming from everywhere. You know, like people coming from Italy, Russia, Switzerland, you know, South Africa, like different parts. It's like a melting pot. You know, like it's so many different cultures of where I am particularly that is just like <laughs> okay, hey. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just different. Um so Unfortunately, I don't. I don't think I can answer that question. I guess uh, it, it kind of speaks to just how the world is really. Because wherever you go, 
there's still that human problem of classism, whether in the U.S. where it's, you know, by race and color, or in, in, in South Africa where it's also by color and maybe some a little bit of ethnic, ethnic groups. In Nigeria, it's tribes. I think um, regardless of where you go, there's always going to be that. And whether you... And I think also it's how you also navigate those areas. Do you want... We shouldn't be blind to it and be ignorant about it. But how do you want that to really, really affect your life beyond the other things already affecting you? I don't know if that makes sense, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that perhaps it didn't make a big difference because coming from the U.S. and being a black person in the U.S., you already have, you know, all of those things you're carrying along with you anyways. And maybe that could be like a protective factor, like, you know. Yeah, I was just going to say, because you said something about um, black being... being, um, American, um, mm-hmm. but like here in the UK, um, black British refer to themselves as black as well, um, yeah. and I think I think it it, it I, I you know I think it's just sort of come, and I know even in Nigeria, um, which is where I was until a few years ago, um, I think the more globalized the world is becoming, and the more even for people in Nigeria um, who are still in Nigeria um, on the internet, they're interfacing with white people. Uh, and people from all sorts of races, it's sort of becoming, the, the, you know, there's there was a sense in which, you know, people often say, I didn't realize I was black until I traveled um, yeah. and, and realized like, oh, actually, this is how I'm seen. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. people are starting to see that more with the internet because mm-hmm. even if you stay where you are, <laughs> you still find out that you're black uh, <laughs> because of how you get to be engaged. Um, yeah. You know, um, on, on Jack Dorsey's internet, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, but I mean that that that's 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 it. I I absolutely relate to what you were saying about you know feeling at home and and yeah, like I was in Nigeria just earlier this year and I remember feeling free and and realizing oh it's because I'm not thinking about. It, so for me, it was even as little as the fact that when I speak. I realized that when I speak here, I speak slightly slower. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, so just, just, just because, I mean, and to be fair, it's, it's both ways, right? Because the truth is that when, when I hear people with sort of more sort of local accents speak fast, when, when I hear them speak, I don't, so like I live in Ipswich, which is in Suffolk. And if you hear the Suffolk accents, it's, you know, at its strongest, it's, it's, it can be quite confusing. Um, or when mm. I was before this, I was in Scotland, and Scots, this, you know, Scots is completely. Oh, yeah. it's a compl- like I honestly, I never heard Scots in my life before I moved here, except Braveheart. And Braveheart <laughs> is even Scottish, so, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, it's, it, it, but it's also sort of little things, isn't it, that you sort of realize? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm not long. I'm no longer engaging in these cognitive efforts. Yeah. Um, I wanted mm-hmm. to ask though. Um, you, you. Now that you've been here for a while, um, would you say you've experienced any xenophobia? And I'm asking this for two reasons. Um, so there's a, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's the whole thing about Nigeria versus South Africa that goes way back, right? There's a, there's a rivalry. Sometimes it's been friendly and other times it's unfortunately not been. Um, and there's been a bit of history um, where a lot of Nigerians have felt um, some xenophobia directed at them um by by people in south africa 
and the same has been done, you know, to South Africans in Nigeria um, because of all sorts of perceived um, historical issues between the countries. Um, and I'm wondering if you've personally, and of course, there's the racial aspect, isn't there, where, you know, black and white people in, in South Africa, um, there's these tensions as well. Um, so as a black American in South Africa, um, which means you're put, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced the, any of these sort of tensions, either from blacks in South Africa or from, you know, South African, white South Africans. Does that make sense? Um, like, so, okay. So here's, here's what I can say. Cause some of these things, like, would, I have not really particularly experienced, um, and I'm not like it's not a it's not an answer that's like I'm oblivious to what's happening like it's not that because you know how somebody like oh I don't see race or I don't see that like it's that's not even the case like that's that's no that's not what I'm saying I'm saying literally like the area that I'm the way I am and who I'm with like some of these people we're connected already you know so it's not like I'm in a total, like, um, you know, I came here and I just found some place and I'm just, like, building totally, totally new relationships. A lot of people of where I am, I've like, it's, I'm connected to them through other ways. So it's kind of like we have some sort of, like, reality, shared reality, even though I'm not um, South African. So some of the things that, uh, you know, like this um, cultural things or xenophobia, I don't particularly, because there's so many people that come from all over the world in this group. It's like, like in these, it's just not something mm-hmm. that we, that I would experience because yeah. everyone's coming from everywhere. You know, like people coming from Italy, Russia, Switzerland. You know, South Africa. It's like the advantage like, of living in London instead of in like a village in the UK, yeah, yeah. in England. Or living in, is, or living in New York. I say it's like the advantage of living in London or New York instead of one of the sort of more rural areas. Instead of Oklahoma, for example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Like, it's, yeah. that's that's probably why I, I feel like maybe I can adjust so easily because in New York, there's just so many... It's like a melting pot. You know, like it's yeah. so many different cultures and where I am particularly that is just like okay, hey. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just different. Um so unfortunately I don't I don't think I can answer that question. I mean, Joburg yeah. is, is is one of the it's a mega city. It's one of the largest cities in um um in South South Africa. So yeah, one of the things that I do want to talk about that is beneficial to me, um, you know, one, living in New York and the cost of living in New York versus the cost mm-hmm. of living in South Africa is very different. And mm. it was a it, it was a good financial decision for me and my daughter because... Yeah. Right now, you know, she's she's entering like what would be like daycare. And I know the involvement that I want to have in this 
process in these early stages of her educational career and wanting something like that in New York would have just been really really pricey but even with what I earn like it can go a long way I can get a lot of quality things you know like it that's that's a beneficial thing for me that I didn't I didn't really see it in the beginning like I didn't really think that it would be so good for me and so good for us like right now I live in um a two bedroom home uh and it's it's cost less it costs less than a studio apartment in the hood in New York City you know like and it's not to say that there's nothing like I'm not trying to diminish people who live because I grew up in the hood you know like <laughs> I grew up in the hood like I know what it is like but at some point you want to be able to give your the future generation of you like a better opportunity and it's different experience that's really key for me is like I want my daughter to have a different experience I want her to be able to say like I have friends in the UK or I have friends in Switzerland that I can if I'm doing something if I'm doing some business over like I can call them because my mom knows this family like that's that's important to me because you can you don't you would not have to feel alone you know it's like okay I have community there I have friends there so the cost of living probably was also another thing that's so beneficial um it's just you could just do so much so it's it's kind of like I struggle with that sometimes like do I want to go back to you or do I want to stay here <laughs> but um yeah there's so, a reason I don't live in London <laughs> that dollar or pound will, will go a longer way in some places than you know yep and the NHS doesn't necessarily pay you more for yep <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. It's a financial, it's a one financial salary. decision, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, it's both ways though, because like a friend of mine here says, um, who's Muslim unveiled, um, mm. there's a diversity in London that you don't get here. Mm. So it's, you know, it's win and lose, isn't it? It's basically yeah. weighing your options. Like, yeah, yeah. You, your money goes longer, but there's also less diversity. Um, mm. And there's less sort of options in terms of, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah. Nowhere is perfect, yeah. I suppose. Yep. And I think yeah. it's just whatever phase you are in life, prioritize what's important to you, right? Like, is mm-hmm. it the people? Is it the place? Is it, I mean, you can give weight to different, you know, aspects of um, those things and make your decision based yeah. on what's important to you at that point. It's not saying so you can never go back to New York. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, With your daughter yeah. and the things you want for your daughter. This is important for mm-hmm. you right now. So, um, yeah. what you, the next question was actually inspired by what you had talked about earlier on, and um, mm-hmm. and and I think the way to just ask it is, you know, you're black, and I keep using that word even though it's, it's just you're African American blacks. How would you want mm-hmm. to describe? By the way, let me. I mean, does it matter to you the ways? Um, I like black. Black. I, okay. I like black. I yeah. like black too. Okay. Being black and I mean American moving to um, um Africa, South Africa, and I mean it's developed in its own right. But definitely, like you talked about, there's more advantage for you because the dollar goes goes a long way. You're able to like you know live a, a larger life, not like you're living poor in New York, but there's 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 a wealthier, richer side to you. 
So I'm curious mm-hmm. to know, um, are you aware of any privilege as a black person who's coming from the West? And then um, do you find out that just the privilege you have, and because I think it's a privilege really, has helped you open some doors that you think maybe people that are locally based or from there might not be able to have access to, despite sharing the same identity and phenotypical look as you? Yeah, I think financially, I think more opportunity, like it's more ease. Uh, like, you know, people are going to look at someone from America who have money. I mean, at least that's what I'm thinking. In some of the places that I've lived, it's kind of like, you just, like, yeah, she's, she's got the money. Like, <laughs> she's got it. And I don't have to worry about it. Nothing like I, w- I would personally say maybe that's, you know, um, that's a difference because even in, you know, in like in America, I'm the same person, but I might be like looked at like a little differently, like, which is kind of weird. Like to get an apartment in New York, there's so many barriers that you have to experience to get a place, you know, but here it's just like, okay, you have the money, you know, like okay you you from New York you know, like and I try not to say that I'm from New York because I don't want no one to assume that I have money <laughs> I say oh, I'm from the US you know I just try to keep it there because um, I just think I, I, I don't I sort of would like to blend in a little bit more than stand out in, in that aspect like I don't want it to be like oh yeah she's we're gonna do this differently than maybe someone else. Does, does that make sense? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it does. It does, and and thanks for saying. Okay, I think good. it's a balance. Is a ba- is a balanced response. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, speaking of our guests earlier on, <laughs> oh, and there she is. <laughs> how how have you found? So, how have you found it raising her? So, what I suppose I want to, what I wanted to ask is really about first of all, like community and how that's been for you finding community, building community in. Because I think mm. for anyone who travels and relocates, um, making communities is is a massive challenge, isn't it? Um, and that's even if you travel within the US, you you don't have to travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, the US is big enough, or, or within even within any country that's big enough where moving to a different state is is like hours and hours away um but even more so moving to a different country where the culture is different um the language is different in some ways and all of that um making and building community is is something you can't take for granted in the way you can in wherever Mm -hmm. it is that you grow up um but then obviously as a parent that becomes even more important because now you're thinking not just of building community for yourself but building community mm-hmm. for your child. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not this, you know, ideally they should be the same community. Sometimes they're not for all sorts of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this so, is a good yeah, question. What, what's, what's this process been like for you? What, what have you found, again, what have you found pleasantly surprising? What are you still looking to, um, to, to add, like in terms of elements? Yeah. So I will, this is a really good question for me because it's something that I was thinking about recently. So I'm 26 
right? And I have a daughter. And I'm also not married. Hmm. I'm 26, right? So I, I have these, these three different, very different, like, sort of clashing identities. And this is more personal than it than it, what it is, that it has to do with being in South Africa, but it's just something that I've noticed, and it's it's sometimes a little challenging to be honest. Um, I'm yeah, still young. I would I would I would still say I'm pretty young. I'm a mom, and I'm not married. So what I have to navigate is okay. So it's easy to connect with moms. Like you have a kid. Okay, good. Like you know that's that's easy. But it also gets a little challenging with some of the shared experiences because most of the times they're older than me, 10 years older than me. You know, like they're, they're much older than me. They have more experience in life. Maybe they have more than one kid. Um, so that gets like, okay, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a learner in this area. And then I'm young. So some of the young people around me, they don't have kids. They're just, you know, they're, they're having fun, they're dating, they're doing things at the drop of a hat, you know, they're just doing things like that. So sometimes it's like, okay, how do I navigate this? But one of the things that I was thinking about that was successful, even before I was a mom, um, when I was in high school, one of the things that I was I felt most proud about was I was able to get along with all the groups, all the cliques, you know, like I was, there was the popular crew. There was the, the, the students who were like really good grades. There were the, you know, the nerd, like all these different groups. And about that recently, like I have that ability. Like that's something that I'm strong at, you know, and I can, I can use that skill right now. So, hold on. So, yeah, so that's one of the things, like, in terms of building community is how do I build, whether I build different groups or I bring all of them together and so that it, it suits all of my needs. But it's just something that I'm just like, hmm, I, I don't really feel like I'm super in that group. I don't really feel like I'm all the way in that group. Probably not all the way in that group, but I'm a little bit here. So it's just this, like... Okay, I think, all right, you can you can do this. You can you can create these relationships and understand that each of them are gonna need something different. Each of them are gonna share a, a different experience that you have. You know, like so this this is what I would say. And I think I'm getting better at it little by little, like just recognizing like, okay, there's different parts of me and I can share that with different people and it's fine. Um so yeah, that's that's my experience in terms of building community with different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for I that. Mean, yeah, it's very vulnerable moments, and mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I think you're doing it beautifully well. Um, giving yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, because you're still young, like you said, at 26, with mm-hmm. all these responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And knowing mm-hmm. that if whatever you can get from your peers, you've already set up a system where you can learn from those that have gone ahead of you, and while mm-hmm. at the same time enjoying your youth, right? Um, yeah. My my follow up question would be this: So I know 
you just moved to New Wasn't you found your own aunties. <laughs> yes, the, the African aunties. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was going to ask how your daughter has been adjusting to South Africa. I know she's been a toddler. She probably has a lot of opinions on, on like every toddler out there. And, and I guess she's able to see that, oh, we're no longer in New York. But I'm curious to know what has that been like for her? Mm. And, and, how, and how has she been articulating that to you? In such a way that it has kept it has encouraged you to stay, you know, for as long as you've been staying. Mm. Yeah, so she's she's really adjusting well. And I'm thank I'm really, really thankful for that because it could have went another way. Like she could have hated it. You know, and that would have changed my decision. That would have changed how things went. But she really loves it, and and it's 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 interesting because so she was born in um in May of 2019, and you know how I wanted to raise my daughter was just a little different from the norm. You know, with some of the health things and all the whatever, we're not going to get into that. But I knew that it was going to be different, so. The first year, I kept her with me. I'm like, nobody's going to be with my baby. I'm not leaving her anywhere. She's coming with me everywhere. <laughs> so I was with her all the time. You know, we were growing our connection, building, whatever. And then second year is COVID. So we really not going anywhere. <laughs> She's definitely with me all the time. Um, and then at the end of her second year is when we, when we go to Africa. So really, like, her first sort of experiences, her first sort of social experience, because even before we went to Africa, we started, you know, because COVID restrictions started to lift a little bit in New York. So we started to go out here and there and we would like, she's a magnet for, for moms, for kids. So it's really easy for her to like build friends, friendships. Um, but shortly after that, we came here. So she spent the most time uh, developing socially here in Africa. <laughs> and it's, that's her first experience. So she loves it. She's always like, in Africa. And I'm like, yeah, we are. <laughs> we are in Africa. You know, so she knows we're here. She knows we're not in New York. I think if we did stay in New York for this time, she would have had a different life. Like it just, the, the, the people are different. The experiences are different. Um, the vibe is different. So she would have had a different experience and she would have, she would have been a little different. I mean, her at her core self is still going to be there, but it's going to be expressed differently. It's going to be articulated differently. It's going to be felt differently. So I know she knows her in Africa. I know she's having a great time. Um, and I'm just, I'm thankful that she is because it makes it better for me as well. Mm. And I mean, New York is not like Oklahoma. So I guess even if she had stayed in New York, the commonality that would be you and given just how intentional you are about parenting, she'll be fine. But I'm very happy that she mm. gets to do that in Africa because, and I, and I say this, we're so socially cohesive, that idea of community so even if you are to leave South Africa today and go somewhere else tomorrow, guess what? Her foundation is strong, right? She knows what it's like to do mm-hmm. life with people who are together. Because I think sometimes that fabric is lost in 
in this side of the world where people are so focused on the individual self you forget about the collective mm-hmm. the, the advantage of being in a collective system yeah. where you can do life together and you know also improve your mental health on so many levels so um i think that's a gift mm-hmm. you're giving and kudos to you on that thank you i'm happy yeah. you said that like it's different um and like it's a focus on individual and then there's mm-hmm. a focus on the group that yeah. i think she's learning and even myself i'm yeah. learning you know i grew yeah. up in new york so yeah. it's every man for themselves you know like it's yeah. it's different here so yeah. we're both growing and learning and i'm just happy we get to do that uh, yeah. together and yeah. here so Nice. Look at you smiling, Lala. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, I mean, yeah. we're kind of rounding off here, but I, I think it would be nice to highlight your entrepreneurial side. So the last time you were on the show, I think you you had the savvy business, like a virtual assistant. And I, in following yes. you on Facebook, yes. I know you've devolved since then. Um, I don't know what you're currently doing right now, so feel free to highlight that. But I'm curious to know how you've been able to keep that going being in a new land where you have to like set up some infrastructure and also make some good money to be able to put food on the table. So maybe just um, talk about some yeah. of that a little bit. I started just, I don't know if I shared this the last time, but I think it's as I started to, you know, as I'm meeting people and they're like, Oh wow. Like, like really impressed. And I have to like tell them like my journey, I started to realize like, honestly, if it was not for me being pregnant and having my daughter, I probably wouldn't have been doing this entrepreneur stuff because mm. I remember the day very, very clearly. Um, I was, I think I was working at a bank in Maryland at the time. And uh, I knew I was going to have to come off of work. Like I'm, I can't work forever, you know, like pre- being pregnant. And then the time that's after pregnancy and then coming back to work. So I knew this thing was going to happen and I'm like, okay, I don't want, I want to still earn. Like I want to earn money still. I want to be active. I want to, you know, work. And I'm like, how am I going to do that? (laughs) How can I do that? And I know one of the skills that was very uh, brought to my attention, like a lot before was my ability to understand um, administrative things, the internet, and like being able to figure things out by using those two things, using the internet and using administrative, uh, like just like intuitive, this intuitive thing that I had. And at the time I just pushed it, like I, I would push it away a lot because I'm like, why do I have to keep doing this stuff? Like, why can't other people, do like, why is it so easy for me, but it's difficult for this? Mm. So I pushed it away and I neglected it for a long time. But the day, this day, I was like, what can I do to earn money? And it was like, just be a virtual assistant. Like, just do it from home and do the things that you already are doing. But you're just going to get paid for it. And I was like, okay, shoot. This is going to be the last time I work, like, at a job. And I didn't, I don't know if I believed myself at that point. (laughs) But it's what I said. (laughs) So, um... I, I credit my daughter because I don't I don't know if I would have just done that just randomly. Maybe I would have. Who knows? But anyway, that's what prompted that. So, like I said, I was still sort of like pushing this thing away because I'm like, um, 
I always knew I had like a creative, a more creative um, urge. And, and I want to like clearly state something because before people would always, like I would always hear this thing like only some people have a creative um, urge. This is not true. This is not true at all. Like we all have it. It may express itself in different levels, in different forms, whatever. But we all have that, and I had to realize that mine come, mine's come out in a different way. Some people's come out in fashion. Some of them come out in dance. Some of them come out in writing. Like these are all different. Some of them come out in health. Some of them come out in being a mom. Like those are very creative things to do, what? and it's not it's not reserved. For small group of people. I mean, they would agree with and, that with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> yes, he so, always says that. Yeah, it's real, and I haven't really realized that for me to get into my marketing career because I've always, honestly, I've always known that I wanted to do like video and film. That's really where my heart is, and I. I had this idea like, well, I'm not a creative. I can't do that. Like that's reserved for those people over there. So it can't be me. And I, I finally let it go. And um, that's when I started unknowingly taking inches towards video. Film, learning about like how to record um, a film, how to, how to shoot a certain, in a, a certain way to make, to express a story, to express a thought, to like all of these things. Um, so long story short, um, I started doing social media marketing and it connects later down the line, but I started doing social media marketing literally right before the pandemic. Like I went to this, this conference, um, and it was, I just was like, like, why am I not going to do this? Why am I not going to try to express myself a little bit more creatively um, because I want that. It's there for me. And then the pandemic hit and then everybody had to be like using social media, like all this stuff. So I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Yes, it's something you're waiting so for. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally, it was so perfect. So um, fast forward a little bit I have a, a long-term client I'm with her for like 18 months we you know we ended we later on ended but one of the things I was trialing with her was video like okay like create this video shoot it like this I'm gonna edit it like this like I just was testing stuff I'm like she's gonna love it anyway because if it does well then like she's not gonna be upset it wasn't part of my package but I'm like I know that this is what I want to do and then and then again uh, TikTok and, and Reels and these things started to come up more. And I'm like, why am I not going to take this opportunity? So then I really got into video. I really started, I take I was taking these filmmaking courses. It's, it's, I'm not creating a film, but I'm creating a video. So it still has similar elements to it. That's very key. So, um, that's what I'm doing now. And I, uh, I, I work with mainly U.S. clients. Um, I, I did start consulting with more South African businesses. I do know that the income is going to be a little different, but it's fine because either way, like I, I'm good on each, on, on each yeah. end. Yeah. Like if I still have my U.S. clients, 
you know, I'm still a U.S. resident. I'm not necessarily a South African resident. So it's just working virtually. Some people I did work with here that are from the U.S. So it's just, it works all around. It's really fun. Like I've had that feeling about my work really like in a long time, you know, and I just know video and film is just going to be my thing. Like it's, it's, it comes so easily. It's so enjoyable. And my clients always get results because I've already been doing social media. So I understand that aspect. And I also know how to help someone record a good video and really talk mm. about something in a way that communicates mm. to the people that they need to talk to. So it's just, it's just the perfect scenario. Like it's almost, sometimes I'm like, wow, like I'm, I'm really doing it. Yeah, and we can we can hear it in your voice the way you feel. I can't I can't my my video your video is frozen on my screen, which I think is just me. Yeah. Um but I can't I can hear it just the way you're talking about it. I can hear you know, I'm I I'm I'm sure your eyes are lighting up as you talk yes. about it. Yes. Her video is your video is actually frozen on our screen, I mean. But I can tell you that yeah. she's glowing all through. Almost almost Yeah, I can I can hear it. I can yes, hear it. Yes, yes. Not as not as glowy as she was when she was talking about her daughter and all that, but maybe a little bit lower. But because you know, Sarah is like the ultimate glow. But yeah, she's in her element right now. She's very happy talking about. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're measuring glows now. Yeah, we're all the glow meters. You know? We're the glow police. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. That's that's so amazing. I... Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, please. Sorry. I want to share another thing that um is really also part of this journey for me um, in terms of me just making decisions that I know at the core aligns with what I want. You know, uh, sometimes when you're young, you're trying to figure life out. At least I'll speak for myself. Like I've tried to take so many people's advice. Like, okay, I'll just do what they say because they're successful so I'm going to listen to them but what I've had to realize is sometimes those outside advices while they're not trying to be um you know trying to harm me it's very important for me to to know what's at the core of what I want and the reason why I say that is because a lot of these decisions that I'm making that sometimes don't even make sense to myself it's so um so innate and it's so like destined that I just have to keep like going in that direction and the reason why I say this is because when I became a mom one of the things that I was told was um you know my my opportunities to be you know married or be a wife or have a relationship like a you know a serious one with done like it was over like it was over for me and for a while I you know I I didn't realize but I had internalized it and I just was like you know what forget it I'm not gonna look in this area I'm just gonna be like whatever it doesn't matter I don't need it anyway whatever but I eventually met this person that's just like (laughs) 
wow like oh my goodness it's it's almost like you know how <laughs> like you know how you write some people have like a list like this list oh write the list say the things that you want blah 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 so a few years ago I did it and I left it alone it's almost like somebody looked at my list like crafted this person and just like like symptom like okay go in that direction go over there you know <laughs> and when when i when we first started like getting together like no you know getting to know one one another all of the things that i was you know of these risk moments or these things that i wasn't unsure about but i did it anyway those were all the things that happy to see in me you know like mm. does that make like in yeah, yeah. like mm. if i am go with what i knew i should be doing regardless of maybe what someone have told me to do like i wouldn't maybe i wouldn't have met this person mm. so um i wanted to share that because it's important important for me to kind of continue on the track that I was on and not feel like well I'm not doing what they're doing so maybe it's wrong or I don't have the same life as they do maybe it's wrong it's like oh like here's where I am I think it's best for me to do and I'm going to you know continue on that I'm going to acknowledge what I know and I'm going to make that decision and and it might be scary to make that decision but I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to do the thing and he's like amazing like wow like sometimes it's just like how how did you come from this list that I wrote and you just came in real life it's it's very interesting <laughs> but I'm so happy it's like the best thing ever it's just amazing so that's also it's also like a a secondary validation of like you're doing the right thing because creating a family and creating this um sort of dynamic has always always been important to me and even though I wasn't successful at it before it's not over and um it's it's just possible. so I'm I'm thankful alternate description there's another glow again the glow meter just went up you know on because we only share the videos because we only do audio recordings here for the most part she's glowing again yeah. <laughs> thanks for sharing I, I love what you us. said i love what you said about the fact that um yeah like even if life doesn't work out the way we had hoped or wanted Mm-hmm. it's still working out it's not over yet mm-hmm. um and and there's still opportunities and potentials that are open to us that you know and ways life can surprise us that we 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 can't see yeah yet. love that amazing <laughs> i think one last thing to kind of use it to wrap all of us together because we've talked a lot about just who the kind of person you've been i mean adventurous and mm-hmm. open to like exploring your things and with your daughter, mm-hmm. it was a very conscious decision for you to make sure that even though a part of your life was ending, it wasn't going to be the end of life, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know, doing life with your daughter and exposing her to 
a new worldview by living in South Africa, finding community, um, keeping life going, keeping love going as well, despite being, you know, mm -hmm. young and, you know, mar unmarried and, uh, and a mom as well. Um, I guess, and I want to say this, in past episode of the show, especially when I talk to African and Blacks like you, who are, you know, were Black but and based in the U.S., is um, finding ways to explore the African side of them, right? And maybe by doing your mm -hmm. DNA ancestry or visiting some parts of Africa or just getting to have conversations maybe through the show or with your African friends. And I also want to say that I don't think visiting Africa is in the books for everybody. You know, don't just pack up and mm -hmm. leave. Make sure you think about it carefully. But I also, what, mm -hmm. what, what, um, that's one you know, conversation. On the other hand, I believe that there's some people that are kind of holding back on experiencing, maybe like even surprising themselves because you just have this mm -hmm. mentality about Africa being such a backward place. These are the kind of people I would like for you to, you know, address. So, so for blacks like mm. you know, might be missing out on this experience because I bet if I were to ask you, imagine how your life would have been if you didn't make that move to South Africa. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine it. And I can see you even another glow coming up your face again. What kind of words would you like to... <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. What are some of the words you like to say to these people in just charging them up to like take that plunge and just go for it? So I want to say it again because it cut out a little bit and I want to make Oh, for those people, the people in the last category, those that are supposed to have made that move, but they're all up in their heads and maybe thinking about Africa. I remember things they've seen on the news about Africa being a, a backward place, even though it's like 50 something countries in it. For those people, what what are some of some mm -hmm. words of courage or even to get them like Veeam to kind of get them get them going so they don't get caught up in this whole you know being put. I guess what I'm trying to say is that for people like that, what are some words of encouragement to get them going on those dreams of going back to the motherland and you know finding a new path mm -hmm. for themselves. I think um, one of the things that I, for myself, had to remove when I in, in elementary school, it was popular to um, degrade African kids. Like it was very normal and popular. I think if you have something like this, you have to like take that out. Like you have to acknowledge that that you may have like asked at a joke or you may have said the thing as well but this like and then you have to also realize that there's miseducation about Africa like some people growing up think Africa is one country and it's it's so like wow you know it's it's so like limited of information and you also have to realize that there's people or groups of people who want you to know, want you to think that Africa or Africans are less than or are, um, you know, unworthy. So when you have this realization, like someone's trying to hide something from me by giving me a lie, you, you have to look in, in there and see like, okay, I want to find out these things for myself. Like, I want to dis discover and explore these things on my own and come up with my own truth. Because, like, why would you just blindly take someone else's truth? Because it's so popular. Like, it's just so popular to, to, to be opposed to Africans, even in America. Like, honestly, the guy that I'm dating, 
you know, I wouldn't say dating because I feel like it's a little more than that. She's Nigerian. And one of the things Say that... what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have let you die. Is it your is it your man? Yeah. Yeah. Another glow, guys. Another glow. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Ah, you're one of us. Let me switch you to my Nigerian. Yeah. Ah, to to <laughs> Welcome home, my daughter. <laughs> Oh, so, funny. so funny but so cool like, I love yeah. it I love it I love it so um, one of the things that we talked about like because you know as we're exploring if we're going to continue a relationship or not one of the things that he said which was shocking to me because at least, I mean I don't have this viewpoint but it, it was hard for me to see how other people would was some of the American women that he dated had this opposition uh, to African culture, and I was I was shocked because I was like, maybe just in my family, like we're very aware that there's a connection to Africa. So it's kind of like, okay, like we this is just what it is. And then I also had a lot of African friends, like in in um, in the Bronx, one of the boroughs in in uh, New York City, and in Harlem, there's a large large community of Africans from different countries, from different tribes and things like that. So I've always had an intimate relationship with an African person. But when he said that, it was like, wow, that's, I could see how that's true now that some Americans, black, even black Americans would have some false information, some opposition to African culture. And it's just kind of like when you know that someone is trying to hide something from you about Africa, knowing the history of Africa and America, it's kind of like, let me put that aside and let me explore my own. And then you make your, your own, you know, decision. Also knowing one of the things that's always interesting to me is like when people pin crime on a particular area, like crime happens everywhere. <laughs> like it's not, yeah. like it's going to happen someplace. So it's not just, oh, that's, that's just an Africa. Oh, that's just Chicago. Like, crime happens in New York City all the time. But does that mean you're not going to go to New York City? Because, you know, like, it, it doesn't make sense. And when you realize people try to blow things out of proportion, it's kind of like, mm, that that might not be true. Or that might be exaggerated. So that's just my kind of care. Like, somebody somebody might just be lying, you know? And I, I'm curious enough to, to, to have my own truth about something so that's what I would say you know get out of your head and get on a flight <laughs> yeah so that is a great way to get out, get out of your head and get on a flight get on a flight yeah so thank you thank you thank you Yes. Thank you, Essence, for um, yeah, just sharing your time and your insights and your your the, you know your joys, the thing that the things that give you joy, um, including yeah. your lovely daughter you. and um, and your creativity and the things you've discovered about yourself and and your love of um, 
South Africa and Johannesburg and yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, this has been amazing. Um and yeah, um just thank you for for you know coming on to share all of this with us. Um and it's I, I feel a little sorry for the listeners because they didn't get to see Sanai and <laughs> and the glows. <laughs> but you know, and they didn't get to see how your face glows. Glows, but, three different know. glows were recorded on the glow meter. Um, y'all have to be content with our audio descriptions, <laughs> which we did for you guys, by the way. You're welcome. So this is why I asked to sponsor the show, so we can get more equipment to be capturing the glows. <laughs> no, and thank the, you. And yeah, thank all you. all the very best as your story continues. Yes, and, um, yes, yeah, we can't yes. wait to catch up with you later. And, uh, later on, and hear what new new story arcs you're on. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you're always welcome here to come back, come back again and maybe see the progress in the next two three years. But yes, like I yeah. said, thank you so much. It was really nice getting to see more essence of you. Ooh. I'm gonna escort myself out of the studio right now. <laughs> that said, thank you guys. And I'll catch you guys on another episode of the Multiple Podcast. This is Mo and every day. All right, says bye. We will let you know when the episode comes out and share with okay. you know how we do it. You know, you know. Yeah. You know, you do yeah. Like thank this, you. But, uh... Thank you both so much for a great conversation and the connection to the Nigerian. <laughs> mm-hmm.